0: Tuning in to the Dig on Doug podcast, and we're gonna get live, we're gonna get you ready, cause you're gonna be in for an earful, baby. Let's go! Uh, uh, Yo, yo, it's Dig on Doug, Dig on Doug, Dig on Doug, it's your number one spot, Dig on Doug. Dig on Doug Dig on Doug Another episode drop This is Dig on Doug We speak on things we love Sports, books, and grub Listen, we know what's up With movies, relationships, dynamites Main event, politics, too And the airways, latest hits If I like it, then I name it if I love it, I'll explain it. It's my podcast to play with. Or experiment, we explore our differences. Fact is, we ain't nothing without photosynthesis. So get a load of this. Lock in and focus in. Informative discussions with substance you can't afford to miss. Steer you from the shallow pits of hopelessness. Change your mind state from rent to ownership. We on some showmanship, set goals and go for it. Share what I know so you don't have to go through it. There's alternatives, hope kinds and turns and twists. Yo, it's thick on Doug, fool. You know you heard of this.
1: What up, what up, what up, y'all. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what that was. If you've been listening for a minute, that's my boy Ugo Monster with with it. Just always gets me every time that I have like a personalized rap intro um, as as a youngster um, i used to want to have my own tv show maybe that will still happen in the future or whatever and i used to think about theme songs and everything so super dope to always listen to that and everything so welcome people welcome again um thank you for listening this is the dig on dug podcast if you're new to this welcome if you've been here for a minute um glad that you're still sticking around so um another episode uh looking at emotions and everything just released um a recent episode on emotions with my uh good friend uh Kit out of Texas. Uh thank you again Kit for for doing that. And I got another uh good friend of mine, um Helen from the uh the Bay and everything. Um and we're going to explore the world of fear and everything as well. So uh we go back to uh Jaguar days, row row, um just <laughs> high school and everything. Uh Melanie, uh, thank you for being here today, Uh, Our male, I'll probably call you male the rest of the way, so uh, welcome.
2: Thank you, thank you for having me. I'm um, I'm excited for the discussion.
1: Yeah, so definitely excited to have you here. So tell the folks a little bit about yourself, just so they can, you know, get to know you before we dive into these, uh, this dangerous four letter word of uh, fear.
2: Right. I mean, even saying the word has kind of got my hands a little clammy um, because of you know that word is a bit triggering. But we don't get into all of that. Um, like you said, my name is Melanie. Um, I'm a mother. I'm a child advocate. I'm a servant leader, and I'm also a realtor. Um, so there's so many different things that I do. I guess in the physical, but I think ultimately I just feel really spirit led and. I, and emotionally driven too so we can get into that
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, i mean so so yeah i mean all of that stuff and i mean and that's that's a natural reaction i mean you're saying like just hearing the word fear has you feeling some kind of way clammy and everything um and so so first question just uh just off the bat uh what is and what has been your relationship with fear i know that's like a big question but uh dive into it however you want to go ahead
2: You know, um, fear has been my driving force, unfortunately, and it has not been until recently that I've noticed that um, that fear was my driving force. Mm -hmm. I thought that I was all of those things, super accomplished and level-headed and all of those great adjectives when in fact I was running, right? And I was just constantly trying to find um, a safe space and a safe place. Um, I've grown up through some very traumatic, circumstances, just like I'm sure that a lot of us have, and that's not to minimize anything. Um, I just think it's really important that we share, let it out because there's comfort in knowing that we're all going through a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, I can say the one thing that pops out the most for me was the fear of being alone, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, uh, being abandoned. And that means in relationships, family, friendships, Um, I probably know a whole bunch of people and they say, hey, Mel, that's Mel. They know Mel, but but they don't know me because when I was growing up, yeah, Doug, you know me, just sidebar. (laughs) But growing up, I was always, um, I always started to dart into a different direction when I felt the closeness coming because Mm. that for me was like, okay, this is another person that's gonna leave, right? Yeah, (laughs) so that started to then play out into my professional realm, right? Mm. Every time I felt like I was getting comfortable, I felt like I needed a different avenue because I was outgrowing it, you know, people are gonna get used to me and I'm not gonna be important to them anymore Mm. and I need to find something else. And um, what I was talking about (sighs) lately was, I feel like I've been been on a success drug. And if your heart posture isn't right, that's not cool. Wow, does that make sense?
1: Wow, yeah, no, I mean yeah. pulse drug I mean <laughs> I, I, and I'm usually not speechless, but <laughs> that that is one right there, and even like when you when you were talking about that whole like darting off or like running that uncomfortableness in relationships and everything um. I like thought about the old notion of like, you know, when you when you get something new, it's so new until it lose that spark, until it lose that shine or whatever. It's like people buy stuff off those like as seen on TVs and stuff all the time. And then after like a couple months, it's like, oh, OK, I, I don't need it anymore. So maybe something in the sense that's what you were feeling.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, and it's funny because I think that people on the other end of that, they feel like they're the inadequate piece. When actual, in actuality, it's me. It's I'm thinking I'm losing my flair. I'm not going to have your attention or importance anymore. And that's even in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I always feel that I need to be doing um, what I can to prove myself. Yeah. And you know, and I just am so thankful that in this season, I'm like. I'm not proving myself to anybody like mm-hmm. that, right? Um, and I think that that has pushed me, that search for somebody to like be unconditional and never leave and all of that has driven me into some of the darkest spaces that I've ever been, mm-hmm. um, that search. Um, and as a byproduct, when I feel like I don't get that, I focus in on other things. Like I said, I'm a child advocate, right? So mm. I do a lot of work with uh, children. I've done that for 15 years. Um, I got my bachelor's in, in social work. And then um, after practicing, I decided that I don't feel like I'm really helping. Mm. Um, Because there's so much red tape and regulations that, you know, you really can't pull somebody to the side and be like, look, you're tripping what you need to do. Right. You have to be professional. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like there was such a gap. So then I went and pursued my master's in public administration because I wanted to understand um, policies and administration and how those laws and things that that affect families and children how they come about so i did that with an emphasis in uh, urban planning um, yeah. because it's important to know the programs that are available in the community and the resources that are available in the community mm-hmm. so while i'm pumping up my professional my emotional is still not being met right
1: Ooh, that's a dangerous combination
2: mm-hmm. yeah and how do you continue to pour for it from an empty cup mm-hmm. And when you're that thirsty, you begin to just reach out for whatever's there.
1: Yeah, doing. no, that's 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 real. And so you you touched on the, the notion of not feeling enough and and feeling like folks um at some point in time would lose that shine and everything. Um and, and I mean me and you have talked and just talked about the work and everything of what we've been doing individually in our own lives a bit. Um where did that come from if you don't mind sharing and like where did you start to discover that 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 was a thing that was in a sense maybe you're i like to say sometimes we we have our a default tape that plays for us um where where did you see that uh, arising as, as an origin for you
2: um in doing the work i would definitely say that it arose from me um being raised in a broken home and um being primarily raised by my grandmother and then my mom and, you know, I have my dad's involvement, but there is a very indescribable feeling to be a child and watch your parents develop their own families, right? Mm. So you have your my mom is over here and she's got a new husband. My dad is here and she's got a new wife. And then in the middle of it, it's like, where do I belong? Or where do yeah. I go? Or do they want me? Or do you know am I important to them because mm-hmm. holidays come and go if I'm not there they don't keep going you know you know what I'm saying so I think like for me I've always wanted to say hey dad look I, I did this hey mom look I did this hey I can do this myself and I think in turn what happened is then I became oh you don't have to worry about Melanie she's going to be she'll be fine
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I think as a parent i am very Mm. um i tried to be very cautious about that about feeling like oh i don't you know the whole thing about i don't worry about you because i know you're okay yeah low-key those are the people you need to worry about because they're not okay they they're okay with they've come to a a level of tolerance because nobody's checking on them because Mm. on the outside it looks like everything's on okay, but on the inside there's fear of not being accepted. There there's mis misdirection. There's so many things brewing on the inside because nobody asks. Because the only time those type of people get called is when they're being called to serve.
1: hmm No, oh, that's so some of the so much in that. So I mean, one of the things that when you were talking about like, you know, going back and forth, like between your dad, between your mom and trying to show these things was you didn't have a space to be comfortable. Like there was no space to be comfortable, to really grow. It's in a sense like, and this is what I'm learning even in, in my life in this new season is to illustrate to the best of my ability, like how my brain gets stuff. So I see you as a tree and it's like, you're trying to be in these different places, but you can't grow any roots because you're just getting pushed off. and so it's so the same thing happens in your in in your life because when other people come around but it's like oh okay they're probably gonna bounce and leave too so it's like the tree never gets to really grow any roots and then even where and this is so and we talk about it but I don't think we talk about it as in depth in life and everything ambition as a cover for hurt
2: Ooh, that's it <laughs> so, like, <laughs> That's it right there. Let me write that
1: down. That is it. So I mean, I mean, ambition is like, oh, like yeah, I'm doing these things, and and like this is going on, and all this stuff. And I even remember for myself. I remember uh being in grad school, getting done with grad school, and everything. And I remember looking back at my life and mad at God. Like I was honestly, and I was like. I was like, God, I was like, I done did school. I was like, I ain't hurt nobody. I ain't killed nobody out here. I was like, where, where's my stuff at? Like I, I did things like I did things like where, where's my trinket. Um, and now being years removed from that, I, I understand that at had a deeper level and everything, but it's this ambition. And, and I've definitely been that person of like, Oh, Doug's fine. Like he's getting things done, but it's like, you know nobody's fully checking on Doug and like like really sitting down and the word I use the word I try to use and been given recently is who's investing in you mm. and, and who are we investing in because when you invest in something that's different is is different than like oh like we're connected you can be connected and the power source really not still be there but an investment is a different level um, mm. like it talks about in the Bible it talks about like you know count the cost in the sense of like when you co-sign for your neighbor, if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. That's an investment <laughs> Yeah. if, if you're going to co-sign for somebody on something. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get that. And so I can only imagine what that was like for you as a child growing up and then like, hey, like, look, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And then you got friends who are like, oh, yeah, mail's fine. So they don't even register for you. So that's a tough thing to process.
2: It is. And I think that the reason why my I, my quote unquote, I hate using all those cliche things that people use right now, but I'm about to do it. My circle is so small. <laughs> <laughs> my circle is so small right now because I, um, and I don't honestly even know if this works for everybody, but it works for me. And as far as I'm concerned, I do not believe in sitting in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I do not feel that When you recognize that you have an issue or you recognize that there's an area where you need growth, you need to work on it. I'm not the friend that you call every day about the same issue because you're going to get mad at me. (laughs) Okay. Because I give you a couple days. I give you a couple days to cry. We'll talk and I'll listen. But on that day that I feel led, (laughs) I'm be like, sis, bro, what are we about to do about it? Mm-hmm. Like what time The you know, what do you want to do now? Like what are how are we going to move forward? And I didn't min- mention it in the beginning, but I do have a blog. It's called the perfect time dot blog. Okay. Yeah. And so it just has a little bit of poetry and different things on there. And I have a calendar coming out for the new year. And I think that it's very important to write it down and make it plain. When you find out that you have an issue, please. What you don't want to do is get those yes people around you, right? Mm -hmm. The ones that, because there's people that really thrive in your comfort and being miserable Mm -hmm. because that allows them to thrive in theirs. Mm -hmm. And we're not doing that over here.
1: (laughs) Misery love company, as they say.
2: Exactly. So I think that while God has not given you the desires of your heart in this very moment, this is still the perfect time to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe you're supposed to be waiting. Okay. That it, waiting part. It, it's hard, <laughs> but waiting is an action. Waiting is not still some people say I got to wait. So I'm going to sit right here in this chair. No, waiting. Waiting. <laughs> Is your waiting is an action. You got to work while you're waiting. I know that everybody out here ha, has the, um, has some room for growth in your finances, in your emotions, in uh, your physical, mm-hmm. you know, there's always something like when you go in your house, there's always something, you can always find something to clean now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't need no one person that could just sit on the couch and be like, this is good. No, yeah. you're not God. He rested
1: on the seventh day. <laughs> we got work to do. Oh, uh, so so you, you touched on those fears and everything. And I mean, you you can go into this however far, how deep, or however shallow you want. But um, cause I believe, and like you said, I believe we grow closer as people when we do share our wounds. Um mm-hmm. and you know, we we talked about it. We'll touch on the social media stuff here in a minute, um, because that's a that's a whole another thing. But um you talked about the fear and the dark places and stuff. And so just where fear can drive you in those dark places and everything. And if you just want to touch or elaborate on that.
2: Um, so I think for me, fear drove me to connect myself to a person that I knew was not exhibiting the things that I knew God had for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were there and they put themselves in a position to be there for me and to provide for me. Um, And although I rushed things in a relationship and um, which ultimately, you know, it changed the trajectory of my life and I'm trying, I'll go into it. And every time I kind of start to touch on it, um, I get aggravated because I feel like it's all about him. Right. And I'm far past that. I moved on, um, I have a great partner. But for right now, I just feel like it's always about him when I tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing that I want to do is to continually be to be controlled by someone. But with that being said, I rushed into a relationship, um, got married very quickly. Um, man, I don't even know where to start with this one. <laughs> you know we start with this one. okay you know how they have the we're gonna talk about social media later but you know how they have the red flag thing oh Um,
1: god yes Mm -hmm.
2: yeah so you know i again i hate all them cliche things but i'm gonna bring it up again so i guess i don't hate it that much um this had to be like a billion red flags right Mm -hmm. but i was in that place of just wanting a family so bad of my own because i didn't get that um and my and that's no dig on my parents i think that our parents are sometimes in that generation where they feel like your truth is there is judging them or your truth is not being appreciative of what they've done for you no Mm -hmm. my truth is reflection so that i can be the parent that i know that god called me to be Mm -hmm. right um and that's just generational differences but back to the subject (laughs) um wanting a family of my own and kind of pursuing that and i ended up in a relationship where i thought everything was just going really great and um one day i get a knock on my door and there's like 50 police officers oh wow in, yeah in the front lawn and i'm like what they're like melanie i was like yes and you know um my husband at the time was in the car and and uh, they had him in a police car they weren't telling me anything um Came into the house, started searching the house, and I'm just like, you know, I'm oblivious to what's going on. And mind you, two days before that, I had found out I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it was like, wow. Well, Mel, you got what you wanted. You just can't up and run now, because you know, it, pregnant with twins at that, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they, that whole thing transpired, and it ended up that ten years before I met him, he uh, committed a very violent crime, and mm-hmm to the point where I'm just so thankful to God that I'm safe and that my kids are safe and that my family is safe and that he, that I was in that, and I'm it was a hell, it was a hell that I got rescued from. And um, the byproducts of me rushing to my own solutions out of fear is the fact that now my children will never have a relationship with their father, right? Because he is, you know, um, he is incarcerated for life. Um, That has never been. And so in my rush, and my desire to create a family, I did everything but that because my driving force was fear, not faith. Mm. And so that's now my reality that I have to live with, with them not having their dad pick them up from school or games or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, God will always provide because I have wonderful men in my life that can support in that area. But that's not something that I ever would have wanted for my children yeah so that is the dark place that I was making reference to <laughs>
1: yeah no I mean yeah I mean because I was I was talking with a friend about this a couple weeks ago and we were just talking about fear and just how it how it drives us to take the shortcuts how, mm-hmm. how it drives us are to abandon what's even there for us because we're like oh this can't Cause then it goes the opposite way. Like maybe sometimes you have what it is in front of you, but you're like, no, this can't be real. This can't be true. And then you right. just you just chop everything off. And so it's this this fear, it's the going back to like, you know, where I talked about the comfortable space It's the opposite of comfortable space. You're like, okay, let me grab at anything. Cause I can do that in the sense of like, when I feel <clears throat> like I'm losing control of something and I'm like, okay, let me grab onto what I know. And let me rely onto my own abilities and strengths and all this stuff. Um, to try to manage this, but that, but that doesn't get us to where, where we want to be and everything. And then, you know, we we touched on a, a couple of weeks ago just the, the child advocacy piece of what you were talking about and everything and what you saw. And I just wanted you to share some of that of just what you've seen in that time and and fear and everything as well.
2: Um, I think that as far as the child advocacy is a concerned, that part is just super. Oh, there's layers to that. Um, (laughs) Of course, I know most child child advocates are in that field because they identify with some trauma or triggers in their past that they want to pay it forward. Um, And the one thing that I can say in that regard is, you know, if that's a path that anybody wants to take, just make sure that you do your own work to check biases. Yeah. Um, Because the last thing that you want to do is uh, harm. You want to do no harm, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I definitely knew that I wanted to go down that path um, because when I was younger, I, um, I experienced some trauma of uh, being a child, <laughs> you know. Um, and I think for me, when you turn to go help those children, it's so easy to have um, to get sidetracked about your mission,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Um, but and you're I think, putting
1: yourself in there. Like you're almost in a sense trying to rescue yourself.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And you have to remember sometimes not everybody wants to be rescued. Right. This is true. So your satisfaction has to come from the inside. Nobody's going to come and tell you that you're doing a good job. Nobody's going to, that thank you is not coming. Mm-hmm. That thank you. I'm sorry. That thank yeah. you is not coming. You have to really know why you're doing it.
1: And what you're doing it for. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's real. I mean, and that's, that's really any work in the sense of like what you're help whenever you're a servant, whenever you're helping somebody, like, I mean, if you're really just trying to get off the accolade of like, Oh, this is, this is like, they're going to do this and they're going to do that and like everything, like it's never going to give you that full satisfaction of like, just wanting to do the profession, wanting to do the work and everything. If you're always looking for, the cheerleading squad and everything of of what that is, and so, and in the sense with that, and in the transition, and we, you know, we talked about this. Just the sense of the stuff I've been trying to share on my social media recently is to to explore and show the other side of what social media doesn't show because we so social media is the highlight real life of mm. everybody's world, and but we don't talk about the hurt and the pain, the the confusion that we're going through. Um, it's funny to me because when social media first came, I mean, we're, we're privy enough to, to grow up without social media. And now we're here with it, because all I say is social media is people's diaries, but they're not really letting the real diary stuff out on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's all the beautiful walks and everything, the, the the darkness and stuff isn't there because they don't want people to come across as, as weird. But then you also have the people who do do that stuff, but then it's drawn for attention. So if, there's always a catch-22, but we we talked about this notion of social media not being able to really, not being used to really connect people at a deeper level. And I know you said you've been trying to do some similar things and been getting a lot of responses from people. So uh, go ahead and uh, touch on that piece.
2: Yeah, I think social media for me um, is very triggering and it's something that I have to take a break from um, quite often, but it's really hard when I use, and most people use social media as a tool for business. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you need to be on there engaging in order to grow your business or grow your ministry, but there's just so much on there. And I think that it's twofold. You have a lot of people that are posting things, um, and they don't want you to say anything. (laughs) I don't, I don't understand that. Like you just posted something on this public forum but if somebody gives you an opposing view or comment is like this isn't your page i didn't post it for you to comment well what did you <laughs> post it for please please explain to me this you know and the posts that say oh y'all always in my business that's why i don't tell you what i'm about to do but i got something i'm about to do like these are mind games <laughs> it's attention seeking like i i can't and that excuse me, is also in a generation, I think of what we have right now, which is a lot of unteachable people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is very afraid to start small because they don't wanna be seen as small. Everybody wants to be seen in the big cars and the nice houses and all the accomplishments, but nobody's gonna show themselves sleeping on a grandma's couch. You know what I'm saying? I love that meme
1: that popped up a, a couple months ago about how it really starts when you move into a place by yourself.
2: Okay. Like, but nobody wants to talk about that. Um, you know, for me, a lot of people that, and a lot of people that struggle with depression, social media is not a great place. Yeah, it really isn't. you know, like for me, the the whole thing about wanting a family and then seeing people with families, I know there's people that struggle to conceive, and then seeing mm-hmm. all the kids and the babies um, that's a that's a hard a hard thing for them too. Yeah. And before we had social media it wasn't in our face in that way, right? right? You're not gonna just be sitting on the couch seeing all of your friends with their kids, <laughs> you know? So I think with, um, that would be my perspective right now on social media. It's like I, every year I go through it and I cleanse it of anything that I don't wanna see. Mm. Uh, I think it's funny because somebody makes fun of me because they say my my timeline is boring. Yes, as it should be. I don't want to see guns, money, cars. I I wonder.
1: I wonder what would their their definition of not not being boring would be like. That's what I would be (laughs) intrigued by. Like like that's that's when I start asking questions more than making statements. I'm like, so what? What would not boring be? Um, Right. And everything and so and I think and it's sad because a lot of people I think feel obligated to be on there and and to post and I remember um when I was in grad school we did a, um I took a, a substance abuse class and so one of our projects was to be um abstinent from something for 30 days like like anything some people chose coffee some people chose sugar I chose social media and I remember this is how crazy and how addictive social media is and People, like I got friends and family and stuff. And in, in, in the sense, oh, Doug, you're good and all this stuff. You're smart, you're intelligent. As the Bible says, let others speak highly of you. I will give, I will let them do that. But I remember driving home <clears throat> and it was the last day of like this project and everything. And I remember having an internal battle with myself of like, I didn't want to go back. Like, I didn't have a choice. Mm. And, and that's how crazy and addictive all of this stuff is. Um, when we let it go unchecked, um, I actually need to give, it. and like you said, it's tough when you're like trying to do stuff like through social media and everything as well, um, and grow businesses or whatever you're doing. Um, but Jesus, like there, there definitely needs to be times of cleansing and all this stuff. And, and like you were touching on, um, I would say like we grew up when our competition was the neighborhood. Now the competition is the world. Come on. Um, cause you you, wow. you you see it like you see my my I don't know why this is always what I go to it's like like we out here in in the Bay is like we know what Jill and and Tommy doing in Florida like mm-hmm. you you know like before it was just like okay I know what Billy and and Sharon doing you know just over in East Vallejo like so right. like it's there there's a difference so right. and it and it and then we get these these fantasies and stuff and and I've been doing a lot of work around grief recently and 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 negative mindset and all this stuff and our brain is so attracted to build the negative more than it is to build the positive so Mm -hmm. if you have all of us have insecurities i don't care who you think you is you Mm -hmm. have some insecurities and so your brain is going to build up the insecurities way more than it's going to build up the beauty and and the positivity and the blessings and everything that can be in our life right it's, it's so scary to to hope That something does come and it's like because if you if it doesn't come the let down factor is like ah
2: yeah no you're you're so right about that you're you're so right about that and I feel that I've been um well there's two things I wanted just when we were talking about Instagram and um you know you're getting off of there for a couple Mm -hmm. months um I think that after that transpired with my ex-husband. It was kind of, it was on the news. It was big. And for me, watching it on the news, then opening up my social media and seeing my friends repost the news stories. Mm. Right? But my phone didn't ring one time. Wow. Not one time did I receive a call saying, how are you? Are you okay? What are you going through? What do you need? But what I did see was, you know, LA man, blah, 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 all down my timeline. And at that point, I got off of social media for about two years.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: because I just couldn't, you know, one, I yeah. couldn't stomach it everywhere. But two, I was just like, wow, the people care more about the information than the person.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? And that that was like super hurtful to me. And to me, that's when my entire eyes was opened up about social media. Yeah. Uh, it's not a friendly place. It
1: can be sometimes. But- it, it can be, but I mean, it's it's more it's more the, the 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 I won't even say it's more the hollowness of what it is. Like um, you you'll get this. I I talked with my friend a, a couple of months ago, and I was like, social media is senior reader bread. It's sweet and everything, <laughs> but there's no nutrition to it. Ooh, right? yeah. it. it it like, and you'll pop a gazillion, and don't even know that you popped a million
2: right still be hungry yeah yeah
1: oh and so for those seniorita bread star bread like i mean just look it up like if you don't know what that is like look Mm -hmm. it up but you just run through those things and but it gives you no real nutritional value it's rare like it's 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 super rare And so but that's so sad to hear right but like but then at the same time it like i'm not surprised at it it's sad but i'm not surprised
2: right and you know, then you get the folks like, oh, I didn't know what to say. I didn't, and I get that. I understand that. But if you didn't know what to say, you shouldn't have known what to post either. <laughs> so, so bye. Yeah. I talked to you, know? Um, and even with that, then I can't, and I guess that segues into what you were talking about and waiting for moments that may never come. Um, I think that growing up the way I did, I had too many opportunities to create a lot of fantasies in my head about the way life was gonna play out. Um, I remember I thought, oh, when I hit college, I'm about to meet my husband and, you know, we're going to be, you know, studying in the library and he's going to walk by and, you know, it was like all these, these thoughts and mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be, I'm going to have five houses. Somebody's just going to come and, you know, say, Hey, you look like you'd be a great realtor and, you know, all of these different things. And I'm learning that nobody... Is going to do the work for me. Mm -hmm. And all of my dreams until this point, up until 2021, were contingent upon somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's not cool. Yeah. What if they never come? Mm -hmm. Like, what if your spouse, your perfect person that you're dreaming about, like, what if they never come? Does that mean that you're not growing or preparing in those other areas?
1: Or yeah. they don't come or they don't come the way that you're expecting because you got this whole creative list of of things and that you like is supposed to look like this and look like this and go like this is always gonna throw you off and everything and you won't know what's happening. so it's like it's like it's, it's like wanting this fantasy car. And then, but you struggling, like you on the bus and everything. And then you like, oh, are you getting rides? Are you lifting and all this stuff? And then like a car comes and you're like, but that's not the car I wanted though.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, And that's really hard because that want is a protection sometimes too, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want that kind of car because maybe you don't feel like it could get you from A to B. You don't want that kind of car because it reminds you of the car you had last time that... (laughs) Spun out of control, right? So, I think that you know, expectations what do those look like?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And then, like, I mean, maybe you don't, maybe you're afraid of the humble car, we'll just call it the humble car, because you feel like you don't even deserve that. And then, that's some inner work you got to do yourself mm-hmm. because the blessing is there, but you're like, nah, no, it can't, like, it gotta, like, and then you do the all the what ifs and gottas and shouldtas and couldas and wouldas.
2: Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it's like you know i'm trying to get out of that attitude of every car is gonna break down
0: Mm.
2: (laughs) so Mm. it doesn't matter so i have my emergency kit right there sitting next to me everywhere i go because i feel like at some point when i least expect it on the freeway wherever that car's just gonna stop
1: as, as I talked, as I talked to a, a friend of mine yesterday, been married 15 years and he was like, Doug, it takes work. It's like, like you're saying the car, like the car, the car is going to break down. That's the thing. Like any relationship is going to break down. Are you willing on both sides to do the work? As as my barber told me one time that somebody advised him, it's like, it's not about going 50, 50. It's about going a hundred, hundred.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: So yes. But fear gets in the middle of all of that and, and it makes things off and makes things weird and it makes us, us feel less than and it feels like, but then we can feel less than, but then feel obligated for like so much more, which is weird. So it's like, there's just this weird dynamic. And as they say, you know, fear, false evidence appearing real, that's real. Like the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, that's, that's real. I usually, and and uh, the guy who was on last time, kid, talked about just, he said, our, our fear is is the sense of you know us just want to stay in our comfort zone like like you got to get out your comfort zone to grow and to be and to create and to develop anything everything just don't come to you I tell students I'm like anybody like you don't you don't learn when you're comfortable like if you're like snuggled in bed and like you're cool you're trying to read a book you about to go to sleep like there ain't like (laughs) <laughs> there ain't no like growth coming from that. Like when you like really in the zone, you know, you set aside some time. You like, okay, I got this. I got this. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna keep myself distracted. Like this ain't going to happen. I'm gonna turn my phone off. Like that's a focused mindset to create something, to learn, to put yourself in a space of opportunity. But if you're like, oh, I'm going to just be comfortable and be cool. And it's like, nah, that don't work. Like you're not going to grow that way. Like it's, it's, I, I, I have not seen that, that level of growth.
2: Right. And and it's funny that you kind of segue into this topic, because I'm kind of curious now about what your thoughts are in terms of you see a lot of things flowing around about being healed before you uh, get into a relationship or, and, you know, what are you, what is your thoughts on that? Because I think mine are a little different.
1: Uh, being. Um,
2: I'm yeah. sorry, I'm interviewing the podcast. <laughs> no, no, it's, no, it's fine. No, it, it's it's fine.
1: Actually, that, that reminds me of a future podcast episode I need to have. Um, I don't think and cuz I'm like I said I'm doing right now I'm going through this this process and everything is called grief recovery. It's it's, a, it's a, like a uh, therapy session and stuff like going. And so the thing is it's about completeness is what the book talks about. It's about becoming complete with whatever the situation is, but the thing is there's always going to be remnants no matter what it is. So there's no like oh like I'm completely fine because that's an illusion. Like that's, that will be like, that will be like us right now. I'll just say me, I'm 37. And so, but that's like me, there's still moments when I'm like, man, like when I was 15, X, Y, Z, like it's, it, it, those moments still pop up. So it's never a, a, a completeness. There's a, there's a level of completeness you have to reach. I feel in order to move on, to move on to anything, like to grow from anything, to to move into a new chapter or something. It's, it's like reading a book. If you didn't really complete that chapter, it's gonna be weird if you try to move on to the next chapter and really try to understand because there's parts f- from that first chapter, that previous chapter, that's gonna trickle into the second chapter. So you gotta get some level of completeness to read, okay, this was this chapter. Now let me start reading this chapter. That doesn't mean that that, that previous chapter is gone. It's still there. But it's like, it's this real level of, okay, I know I'm reading this new chapter now. I'm walking in this new chapter, this new season. Okay, how do I now then grow? Um, because you won't really know until you're in the situation and everything, so.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I, yeah, I I just wanted your perspective on that. And I agree with it too. Um, I think what you said a little bit out of it, for me, I just, for me, I feel like, um that's one of those things where you have to be on the court you know it's not any of the sideline spectators or you know what I'm saying you have to be on the court in the game to really get better and I think that in this season what God is showing me is that um when things don't look my way or what when things don't look the way that I expect them Mm -hmm. um the fact that I still have the desire to continue to work on it, yeah, you know, is really big for me because I've, like I said in the past, I've been one of those people like move, 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 you know. And for me, it's like when you finally get in that space of um, trusting yourself to yeah. make the right decisions, which mm-hmm. is really hard because you know I always default to that time where I've shared where I made a bad decision in yeah. character, mm-hmm. right? So now, when it comes to friends. I'm very slow to grow that friendship because it's, I want to build that trust up. Mm -hmm. So I was just really curious about, you know, your perception on that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, and, and, and and, I mean, you have, and every, and, and what one of the things that the grief recovery process talks about is every relationship, everybody's relationship to relationships, whatever it is, is unique so there's no real comparison because we can do a lot of comparison stuff of like oh yours was this mine was this and it, you can just get caught up in the weeds it can help but it's it's, it's not the defining thing so and then there's also in like i was watching a, a sermon that talked about this when we make a decision on something and like if we're going to move in faith and integrity that also means you have to be comfortable with missing out on things and that's something that i'm really grasping in the sense and everything too it's like OK, if I really feel like this is the direction I'm supposed to be going, the way it's supposed to happen, in a sense, from just haziness of what I have, there's things that I'm, I'm going to miss out on. It's like somebody trying to go to college, in a sense, say, from high school, and but then all their friends are like, oh, no, come hang out and everything. There, there's a path that you're choosing, uh, integrity that you are, you're choosing to go down where other things may pop up that you're just not going to be a part of and you have to be willing and be uh, comfortable and okay with that and with that opportunity and everything as well so um always an interesting dynamic with all of that stuff
2: yeah yeah
1: so so yeah so um fear a lot a lot of different stuff a lot of different avenues It, it 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 takes us for a whirlwind like you said it can drive us but is it, is it, I would say if it's driving us, is it the driver or is it the gas? And so I would say those, those are the elements we have to really look at. Is it the whole car? Um, because some fear can be helpful, but are we living by it and is it dictating us? And, and one of the things I try to say is who are we being influenced by? Yeah. By, are we being influenced by fear? Are we being influenced by blessings? um, whatever it is, because that's also another factor we all have, we have to look at and everything. And I have to look at that. I mean, I've been a person in a sense who've raised myself for most of my life in a sense, and, you know, disciplined myself. So now I'm learning God's discipline, which is a whole different level of discipline. Um, so, but it's this real element now of like, who am I being influenced by? And let me not just always be the stubborn head, headed person. And, really try to take in this sound advice, but then also like go to God and get a spiritual more understanding, a deepening of it and everything at all. So fear, 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 fear um, is just the craziness of a lot of things. Um, I mean, you have, you have little ones, uh, two beautiful little girls uh, (laughs) who, who are amazing, but I know also have their there are trials and errors and everything as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, and in a sense, just just maybe like what's the what's the baby dose in the sense of as you see in their life and just fear, but also trying to provide that comfortable space for them um, as well that you didn't have.
2: Um, I first of all, I um, I got to give myself a pat on the back <laughs> because I feel like as a mommy, I. A something that I wanted to make sure that I did for my little girls and I get emotional when I think about it, but I feel so blessed that my children who are seven years old have not seen any of the things that I've seen by seven had not learned any of the things that I've learned by seven and will not have those trauma and triggers and exposures that I had when I was seven and for me um. That was my biggest fear. And right now, my daughters have healthy fears. They're fearful Mm -hmm. of, you know, other kids at school not liking them and, you know, not learning. They have kid fears. And I feel so blessed to be able to work through those fears with them. Mm -hmm. And I send them to school every morning with some reminders, which are, you know, you are your biggest friend. if people don't want to play with you, you go play by yourself. You don't allow anybody in your space that makes you feel bad, and those are the kind of things that I want them to know early on. You don't have to be afraid of anything or anyone because you have God, you have your mommy, and you have your sister.
1: Mhm so no that's that's no that's real, and that's a beautiful thing and like that's I mean that's a good thing to have. Mm-hmm child fear i mean there 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 are levels and everything to this so male um so much uh i definitely see you being on again in the future like um, (laughs) you have to come back on and everything so um thank you um so we're gonna get to the point uh to to the to the what you're digging on segment of just currently whatever you are digging on in your life just anything it can be completely anything something that you are really feeling right now
2: Ah, huh, huh. honestly, right now, that's so hard coming out of this pandemic and just working. Honestly, I'm really digging on my real estate. I'm going to, I'll say that Um, it has just been such a very interesting um, experience to see what some of me, my peers, our community were not taught growing up. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the ways that other cultures are at such a higher disadvantage for ownership, Um, Knowing that ownership is like one of the fastest, more sustainable ways of wealth building. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely nothing that any of me and my friends were thinking about growing up. So I have found a real passion in education around sharing information Mm -hmm. with people um, about the little things that they can do. Um, A lot of people don't even know that they can get into a house. Like they just think like it's not for them Mm -hmm. or it's something unattainable. It's something that other people do.
0: Um,
2: And for me, I think that's been really cool because it's also a lot like the advocacy work that I do. You know, you're educating, hand-holding, supporting. It's a scary process. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ultimately want everybody to win. I also am reading this book.
0: All
2: right. (laughs) It's by Inger Burnett. It's called Nobody Knows the Trouble I've Seen, The Emotional Lives of Black Women.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And it
2: is fire it is good all right Um, and as you can see i throughout this podcast i have so many thoughts and i'm always all over the place um with my thoughts and so there's a lot of different things that i'm digging right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) well look with real estate and this book and growing in in yourself and i would say for myself as well as just inner growth and everything right now um and just uh continue to develop that and that's the podcast name is dig Undug." i am continuing to dig undug, um and everything as well so um thank you again um go ahead and tell them like real estate shout yourself out tell them how they can get connected with you if they think like is the time is yours go ahead
2: oh okay hey hi my name is melanie and you can find me on instagram at sign with melanie that's m-e-l-a-n-y You can also check out my poetry and some other inspiration that I have on my blog. It's the perfecttime.blog where I'm having a calendar coming out for the new year because um, you have to write it down and make it plain. Write down your dreams, write down your goals, look at them every day. It's an everyday thing. You wake up the first thing you want to see is not your phone. (laughs) You know, I I recommend a devotion or something that feeds you um, and get into your planning. And I think that's about it. Yeah. So if you have any real estate questions, I'm more than willing to help being a newer agent. I have the patience um, to do it. I mean, I'm just being real because some of the more seasoned agents, you know, they're, you know, they do it full time and you know it's their time is money for me right now my time is okay being spent on education because that's just you know i want people to be in a better position than i was when i was starting out because the process was so hard for me when i was working with a lender and thing just not understanding and i just want to help so
1: nah that's that's real and so yeah so and i'll get all the information for you so when i do post this episode we'll put everything there y'all find it for <laughs> for everything Uh, she's fire. she she got the stuff like you heard her she got the mind she got the heart she got the spirit and continuing to grow and everything and work on it so um male again thank you for this great time uh thank you for being able to balance the ongoing job that you have of mother um along with being able to be on the podcast and everything if y'all could see what i was seeing it is so funny and hilarious but i understand it being a mother in 2021 so um Thank you all for listening. Mel, thank you again for being on here. Um, Stay tuned for all the next episodes and everything. Like this is, we're going to keep rolling and everything. So until next time, y'all keep digging.
0: Peace out.